rushing through the snow in one horse open sleigh for the fields we go laughing all the way bells on bobtails ring making our spirits bright what fun it is to ride and sing and play it all tonight oh jingle bells jingle bells jingle all the way oh what fun it is to ride in a one horse open sleigh hey jingle bells jingle bells jingle all the way oh what fun it is to ride in a one horse open sleigh let's hear these guys up here okay Bob. In a one-horse open sleigh, o'er the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtails ring, making our spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey, jingle
right, Larry. Visitors are going, what in the world was that? <laughs> what are you going to say, buddy? Welcome home to Sock River Cowboy Church. Yeehaw! And welcome home to all you out there watching, too. All right? Brock hadn't been with us for a while. He'd been out deer hunting and stuff. What else you been doing? Uh, just hanging around at home. <laughs> That's a fine. You know that. Put a fine on him. Okay. Good to see you, though, buddy. Big hand for the band. Might we ask how many visitors we have to Cowboy Church today? First-time visitors right here. Glad to have you. Right over here, yeah. Right here, too. My goodness, got several. We hope you all enjoy it and come back and see us. We're pretty, pretty simple and plain here. Some of us are a little simpler and plain than the others, but, you know, yeah. now, I hope you enjoy it, really. Everything we got going on here at Cowboy Church is in our Bunkhouse Gazette newsletter, which is on the table back there, or you can go to SockRiverCowboyChurch.com and read it all there, too, or how many of you get on, got on your new smartphone yet, your smart, and the app, the uh, Sock River Cowboy Church app, several of you have, I enjoy it myself, several, okay, well, let's turn around and we'll thank Greg Porter for putting that together, too, then. Thank you, Greg. All right, quickly, the ARC mission is going to be starting in sometime in January, we think, maybe February, but and that's in the newsletter also, and we had, had people talking to you about that earlier. It's, it's a program we're going to start where you can learn skills and teach skills to help others in, in these uncertain times we're living in. Uh, I'm sure there's things you'd like to know, there's things you'd like to learn that'll help you in that. So that'll be starting. Uh, we'll let, get, let you know more on that. The Hartwigs, though, wanted me to ask if there's anyone here that would like to have a pot-bellied pig. It'd make a great Christmas present. Let me see your hand if you want a pot-bellied pig. We'll get her to... You do? You serious? I'll come see you in a minute. We'll get you down for that. And if you don't, you know, if there's no fun for a pet, you can roast it and put an apple in there or something. I'll be over to see you in a minute. All right. Children's Church going on across the parking lot here, and they are still needing volunteers. If anybody like to do that, you don't have to do it every week, once a month, once a quarter, whatever. They'll take anything they can get. Christmas baskets must be picked up this Wednesday between 9 a.m. and 1 p.m. right across the parking lot at our Stables Education Building. And don't forget, you need an ID for each basket being picked up, okay? Bring your ID with you. And we want to say bless Judy Thomas and all her village of volunteers. Bless all of you who donated and gave to help others see Jesus through all you've done. Give them all a hand. All right, Children's Church will be having their Christmas party during all three services next Sunday. Not during this part, during their classes over here and over at the uh, Livestock Center. Our youth Christmas program is at 545 on Thursday, December 22nd right here at our event center, and our candlelight service uh, Christmas Eve is at 6 p.m. or 5.55, Mark likes to say, 5.55, we're going 
And Mark has put together a great program. Now you come. If you've never been to a Christmas Eve service, it really gets you in the mood for Christmas. So come to that. All right. Uh, on Christmas Day, we're having all three services. We're not closing down. We're having services. And our fifth Thursday sing is December 29th at our event center right here with Bob Lovett and Red Letter Edition. You don't want to miss that, too, okay? Birthdays. Anybody got a birthday this week? No birthdays? Right. Ah, oh, yeah, point here. That's how they get them. They don't raise their own hands. People going like this. We got one birthday there. Okay. Anniversaries. Anybody got an anniversary this week? Over here. Good for you guys. All right. So you get to do birthday and anniversary. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday anniversary to you. You're going to get that one of these days, aren't you? Remember when he was little like that, though, and would sing him? Okay. Growing up. All right. Folks, as Christmas gets closer, the world is anything but peace on earth, goodwill to men. The Christmas story reminds us that in the midst of it all, God gives us peace. When the evening news or what is on social media worries you, when whatever is going on in your personal world worries you, he gives peace. Are your nights not so silent is all not calm and bright remember the angels words to the frightened shepherds peace on earth goodwill to men in the midst of it all that is going on in the world and in your own life take a moment to receive God's greatest gift Jesus when you trust and believe in him when you accept him as your Lord and Savior you can sleep in heavenly peace if you're here today and you need the peace of Jesus, it's a great time of year to do it. Come see Mark, come see Scotty, me, there are several of us, so we'll be glad to talk to you about that. Don't hesitate, okay? Take one day at a time, put it in God's hand, and God bless America, this church, and all of you. Yep, I forgot because it wasn't in my notes. Jeff had his surgery this week on his knee, and he's doing real well, what we understand. On yeah. Thursday. On Thursday, he had his... Okay. So he'll be back next Sunday or not? Uh, if not, probably the next. If not next Sunday. No Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, do put him in your prayers, too, okay? And we'll have some other prayers here pretty soon, too, we'll talk about. Okay? We miss you, Jeff. We really do. And Shelly. All right, guys. We're going to turn now... Well, we're not going to turn to a page, because Go Tell It on the Mountains, our next song... And it's not in the books, but I think you'll know it. Go tell it on the mountain over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. While shepherds kept their watching Poor silent flocks by night Behold, throughout the heavens There shone a hope 
the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. The shepherds feared and trembled when low above the earth rang out the angel chorus that hailed our Savior's That Jesus Christ is born third verse down in a lonely manger. Our humble Christ was born and brought us all salvation. That blessed is Christmas morn. Go tell it on the Jesus Christ is born, that Jesus Christ is born. All right, thank you guys. All right, now we've got some special music. Janet and some girls are coming up. Yeah, come on up here. This is going to be a nice treat for all three girls. You guys are going to enjoy this.
Thank you, ladies or girls. They like to be called girls, too. I just want to remind you real quick uh, that in the newsletter, uh, it tells about our prayer line and prayer chain. Folks, that's powerful to be a part of that. And if you've got prayer requests or whatever, too. But to lift all those people up in prayer, uh, it's, it's just powerful. Uh, if you bow your heads with me, we have several folks. Uh, before Scotty comes up, we need to pray for real quick, okay? Father, we come before you right now, and we thank you for this wonderful time of year, Father, when Jesus was born. Father, we, uh, we have so many prayer requests. Father, we're asking for Catherine Shearer who, uh, for healing. She had a bypass operation on her legs, Father, and we lift her up to you. Father, we also uh, lift up Charles Turk, and thank you so much. We praise you for the healing, the not having any cancer in there, Father, and just continue to be with him. Uh, Father, we uh, lift up Gail and Scotty to you and all they're going through right now. We thank you for both of them, Father. Just uh, pray for healing for Gail, Father, and be with Scotty uh, and give him the strength he needs, Father. And thank you so much that he's here today to bring the word to us. We kept continue to lift up Denny and Sandy, Father. Uh, I hear that Denny's feeling pretty good, but uh, it's a tough road, Father. And we pray for travel mercies for Mark and Sandy, Father, as they go to Washington, D.C., bring them back home safely to us. We thank you so much for both of them. So, Father, uh, in this broken old world, we just pray that each of us will work hard to tell others about Jesus so they can come to know what we know and find the happiness we know of serving you, Father. Father, thank you again for all our many blessings. As this in our precious son's name. Amen. Amen. Scotty. Thanks, Larry. I got one. Got a headset on here, buddy. What a blessing. Blessing Larry Whiteley is to us. We appreciate him. Give me a second here. The green light didn't come on. Sorry about that. Okay. Because I turned it the wrong way, maybe. Anyway. Okay. Um, I told Mark not to tell anybody I was going to preach today because I was afraid nobody would come if they thought I was going to. <laughs> but I think the, the word must have not got spread very far because there's a good crowd today. It's nice to see all of you. You're a blessing. Mark, thank you for helping us out, filling in, and and uh, carrying the the load here for us. Appreciate it. Um, I've been teaching, you know, you about how life uh, is shaken from time to time and trying to help us learn how to stand solidly, solidly in difficult times. And since we have been, since I was here last, um, I've had two immediate family members who changed jobs. We lost a, a family pet, a dearly beloved family pet, and my wife had a stroke. So what we've been talking about here is um, how to stand solid during shaky times. And like James Bond, I have been shaken and not stirred. <clears throat> uh, but our anchor holds, and that's what I need to, to tell you. Uh, through all the difficulties of life, our faith is solid. Uh, it's not in medical science. It's not in anything else. It's in the Lord, Jesus Christ. And we believe he is in control. Now, I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know when he's going to do it. And I don't even know if he's going to do it. But we're believing in him to get us through this, and we're trusting him 
for whatever he decides is important for us to do. Now, I started this sermon uh, a few weeks back. I started preaching this, well, more, more than that, a month ago or so. I started preaching this sermon. This is the second part of it. And, and the Lord willing, I'll preach the third part next Sunday. Uh, but today I'm going to be out of Hebrews 13. And when I started preaching this sermon, uh, I was using literature, uh, oral speaking, and you were listening from as a pastor speaks to a congregation. I've been teaching that way. But since then, I have been teaching you in a different way. I've been teaching you by my life, by life. I wanted you to see, uh, at least I wanted to model for you how you remain faithful to to your spouse. Uh, we said 56 years ago, I do, and uh, I will, and, and for better and for worse. And this has been some of the worst, quite honestly. But I want you to see that faithfulness to your loved ones and to keeping your word is a good sermon that I've been preaching to you. Probably you learn more by seeing a sermon than you do by hearing one. Now, I haven't been perfect and don't claim to be perfect, but I want you to know that that we're trusting the Lord and that we're holding on to him and to each other. We believe, I believe, and my wife, that in all things, God works together for good to them that love the Lord. Now, can I tell you immediately what good he's doing here? And could I point out any good that's coming out of this? Not really, not yet, but I believe it will. And I trust God that in it all, through it all, he's going to bring things together for good. Um, Like it or not, all of you, myself included, from time to time, we'll get a gut punch. Uh, Something will will knock us down. Something will shake our world. It's going to happen. We're going to be shaken, all of us, from time to time. But the question that we have to deal with today is, will you stand when you're shaken? How can you stand when you're shaken? What will you lean on? What will you hold to when you're going through difficult times? So we're going to try to deal with those issues today. Now, as we come to the end of Hebrews chapter 13, I've been preaching on through this a long, long time. And my, my, my word is to young preachers, uh, boy, there's a lot of good Bible. Hebrews is hard to preach. <laughs> so if you're, look, if you're looking for something to preach from, don't start in Hebrews. It's very difficult. But you all have struggled with me through it. You've sat there and listened, and God has, has taught us as we go. Now, we're in the third and the fi- 13th and final chapters, and you can summarize the entire book of Hebrews by this statement, Jesus is better. That says it. That's what Hebrews is trying to tell us from the beginning to the end of it. Jesus is better. He's better than everything. Angels, the priesthood, uh, the Torah, pick out a category. He's better than that. Now, today in our world, there are many coping mechanisms. There are lots of self-helps, do-it-yourself, therapies, handicapped therapy things that we can go to. Lots of things we can lean on. But all those are good, but Jesus is better. I just want you to know that I'm telling you, he's better. He's better than anything else that we can lean on today. Going through crisis is common. It's as common as life itself. It is the human condition. Uh, Ever since Adam uh, failed and fell in the Garden of Eden... Mankind's lot has been difficult. It's been hard. We are a fallen race. We are not people who were born good and turned bad. 
We're born in sin. And the only hope for us is the blood of Jesus Christ. What I just told you is contrary to thinking in, among evangelicals. Recent polls have been taken among evangelicals. That question was asked, are we born good or are we born bad? And 70 some odd percent of us, evangelical people, said we're born good and just get bad. We're born in sin, my friends, because of our ancestor, our great-grandfather Adam. We were born in sin. You said, well, little babies, are they they're sinful? No, no, they're safe in the arms of Jesus, the age of accountability, and they don't, they're not accountable for their sins, but we're born sinners, and unless Christ comes into your life and changes you, you die a sinner. And so we, that's why we have a church. That's why the cowboy church is here, and we're here to tell you, Jesus saves. Jesus can forgive your sin and save you and break you, bring you into the family of God. So with that said and moving on with this Hebrew study and teaching, um, Jesus is how we remain solid when we're tested. He is the way, the rock. Stand on him, build on him, and you will stand when you're tested. And so I want to go, I want to be kind of personal today, a little personal, allow me, please allow me a little, a, a little time to be a little testimonial today about what I've been going through. I think there are things that today, coupled with Hebrews 13, in my own experiences, I can help you maybe in some times, in some difficult times. Let's, um, let me start by saying, the first thing God has taught me is to love practically, uh, Love is a word, but it's, it's a word that needs more than just language to express it. It needs arms and legs and mouths and feet. It needs the whole thing. It, whenever I used to do pastoral counseling for married couples, which I found out a long time ago, that doesn't work at all anyway. So. <clears throat> but when I would try to, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'd just give you a gun to fix it, you know. I'm joking. Don't burn up the email. I'm just teasing. But I would, when they would come into my office and they begin to tell me how bad the other one was, <clears throat> then I would say, look, okay, let's, let me pick out a word I don't want you to ever use again. Don't use the word love because you don't know what it means, and, and, and so let's not use it. And so I would make them in their conversation to, to not use the word love because it's a hard word to define. It's a hard word to describe. Love has, love has to have hands. It has to have feet. It, it's just, if it's just a word, it's a waste of breath. Now, it's good to say that to people. I love you. That is good. There's nothing wrong with that. But if it doesn't have hands and feet and do something, it's not a verb. We, love must be a verb. Okay, let's, let me start reading chapter 13 with these words. Let brotherly love continue. Hebrews 13 let brotherly love continue. And you could put in there any kind of love. Let love continue. Let sisterly love. Let, let uh, fraternal love. Let married love. Uh, you know, collegiate love. Whatever you want to put in there, let love continue. Don't stop. Let it keep going. Um, Self-love, my friends, is destructive. And our world today is dying because it has substituted real love for self-love. And I've told you before, you can tell we are in a self-loving generation. What are most pictures taken of? Self. Selfies. We take selfies because we love selfie. More than we love everybody else. 
Oh, this, this sermon's getting better, Mark, every time I preach it. <laughs> You've heard of a black hole in the universe. Physicists and sci- cosmologists tell us that out in the universe, a star will cave in on itself and create a gravity well that is so strong, so powerful, that it sucks in everything. Nothing escapes it, even light itself. Light, light cannot escape from a, the gravity within a, a black hole. And when a person becomes self-loving, you become a black hole and you fall in on yourself. And nothing escapes that self-love. Nothing comes out of it, not even light itself. Recently, my family and I have experienced a tsunami of love. You have poured out love on us. You've given us practical love. You've shown us love with hands and feet and arms and and heads and everything. I mean, you've shown us love in a practical way. And so what I have learned from this is that love must be practical. It needs to have the real deal, not just word, not just saying things, but actual feet and and actually things that are done. I've been interested recently. I have a problem I listen when people talk, and it gets me in a lot of trouble. I listen to the words they say, and um, uh, I've been interested in the word sorry. Uh, People say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I think, no, you're not. You're not sorry. Well, but what does sorry mean? It's like love. What does love mean? I mean, don't tell me you're sorry. Show me you're sorry. Don't. People want to know that you love them. Don't tell them you love them. Show them you love them. That's okay to tell them. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, that sounds good. But love, well, that's word only and never has a feet or hands with it. It's just a word. Love is a verb. It does something. If it's not a verb, I don't know what it is, but it's not love. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <clears throat> In weak times and difficult times, my wife and I have uh, cried and laughed together, uh, but we felt your love through it all. We have felt your overwhelming tsunami of love because you've loved us in very practical ways. This crisis has been cyclic, cyclic. We go up and down. You ever been that? We're just ups and downs, ups and downs. Sometimes we get, oh, hopeful, 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 crash, 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 crash. Hopeful, 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 crash, 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 crash. Life has been like that. The lows are dark and scary. They are, but we believe the light's going to shine. We believe there is light at the end of the tunnel. We don't know what it looks like. We don't know what it acts like or even when it's coming, but we believe that the Lord is there someday. And because you have shown us love in action, you have changed us so very much, and I thank you so much. I have recently gone through, I've been doing this about a year or more uh, because I do listen to words. I'm very careful now that I, I want you to know I love everybody. I love everybody in this church, but I don't like all of you. You know what I'm saying? To the same level. Of course, you, cause now you say, well, preacher, you are mean. No, I'm just honest. You're, you're not being honest with yourself if you think you like everybody. All right. I know. No, don't get me wrong, I, but I, love, I do love you. But if I just, what I found myself doing the last year or so is there certain people I'll say, you know what, I really like you. And if I've ever told you I really like you, that's better than love. Because I love everybody, but I don't like everybody to the same level. Now, that's too, that's too personal. Sorry, I don't, I don't say that anymore. 
we show love of Jesus when we love selflessly in his name. Practical love does something. It's more than just a warm feeling. And we get those warm fuzzies, you know. Uh, we send out good wishes, and it does all that. But real love, real love does practical things. Real love goes a long way and even goes the second mile. Um, in the Roman days, Roman law said that when a Roman garrison or soldiers come through your town, the soldiers can conscript your young people to carry their bags, their packs. And you can, they have to carry it one mile out of town. So the, the, the Roman soldiers would say, okay, kid, pick up my pack, let's go. And, and so they'd go, and they had a mile marker out of town. A mile marker was there. You knew when you got there. And the kid could drop the pack and get back home. Jesus said, when someone says to you, go with me a mile, go with them two miles. In other words, we do the unexpected. And I'm saying practical love does the unexpected. It goes two miles. It doesn't go just do what's expected. It does more than, than what's expected. So show love of Jesus in very practical ways. So I've learned, first of all, how important it is to be practical with your love. The second thing I've learned about through this situation is to keep looking for angels. Keep looking for angels. You say, what are you talking about? Well, let's read what the writer of Hebrews said. He says, stop neglecting to show hospitality to strangers. Now, stay with me. We're going to get on to the rest of the angel thing. But he says, starts off by saying, stop neglecting to show hospitality to strangers. So what were these, these people who read Hebrews for the first time, what were they doing? They were neglecting to show hospitality. They weren't being hospitable. They are being selfish. They were loving themselves more than the people that needed their love and their help. In the ancient world, they didn't have motels and places for people to stay like they do today. So when they visited in a town, you had to stay somewhere or sleep out in the yard, you know. And so you had to stay in somebody's house. And so the, the writer of Hebrews says, Christians, show hospitality. Then be careful. Don't, don't stop being hospitable because uh, practical love is hospitable. Now, we don't have the same applications for that today, but there are other modern applications of hospitable love that we can show, figure out how to do it, find people in need, find out situations that need your love, and show practical love. Because genuine hospitality is selfless. It gives without expression. Now, let's go on down here because I want you to see the caveat that, that comes in the second part of that verse. For by showing hospitality, some have had angels as their guests without being aware of it. Okay. Uh, you know one of my favorite subjects is angels. I love, love to think about it, talk about it, study it, and dig into it. And this, this text just says, it's possible that angels could be in your presence, you not know it. Uh, I've, I've preached on this, not this topic, not this, sub, this text very often, but a few times I've said, if there are any angels in the congregation, would you please stand? We'd like to get to know you a little bit better. We'd like to ask you some questions. And never have I done that in a service that an angel stood up. So they want to remain incognito. We'll let them. That's okay. But how is it possible for an angel to be in our presence and we not know it? How is that possible? Well, first of all, they look like us. They can look like us. Uh, they, I think they can shapeshift and make us see anything that they want us to see, but they can look like us. 
and they act like us. They, they can eat, they sleep, they enjoy fellowship. Um, in Genesis chapter 6, we find out that they, they were involved sexually. Now, that wasn't God's plan for them, but they were. You can read Genesis 6, 1 Peter, Enoch, and some of those, and, uh, and Jude, and find out some more of that. But anyway, they interact with us more than we realize. I suspect we in the modern world of science, we, uh, we get interacted with angels more than we are aware of, and, and so uh, more than we realize. Angels are our older brothers. They were created before we were in the created order. God made them billions of years ago before, before he uh, even got close to creating earth and those things. They were there in, in the family of God. Um, he, uh, there, are high, there are brothers. They're higher in created order, but we're, there are brothers. We're children of God. We're the B'nehe Elohim as God made them. So are we. We are his children. They, we don't know if they're made in God's image, but we know we are. And so there's a difference, but still yet there's similarities. They're good angels, they're bad angels, and we've talked about those a lot. But the, the good angels that are here, God sent them to us to minister to the children of righteousness, to the children of Adam, to those that trust and believe in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Angel stories, everybody's got them. I've got two or three angel stories that I've told you through the years, but I've got a new one to tell you. It was, uh, my wife was in intensive care. Uh, we didn't know how bad it was going to be. It was, it was those dark nights. Fear, fr- uh, fatigue, frustration, pick out a bad... Su- and we were there. I was there. And I had gone home for some reason. don't remember the, the details. But I was coming back to the hospital uh, in the evening, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, whatever. And I don't remember if I'd eaten that day. You know, you get so lost in things. And so I was exhausted. I was tired. And I was hungry and thirsty. And I didn't realize it. But I got there, and there was this vending machine, and it had a dollar. They'd take a dollar, and they give you some crackers. So I, I got me a, a dollar, and I put it in there, and it went, ging, 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 gave me a quarter, no crackers. <laughs> I'm not real smart, so I did it again. <clears throat> I wanted a cracker. I got another quarter and no crackers. <laughs> oh, I said, Okay. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That was a little prayer. I breathed it. I just, this came to me and I breathed that prayer. Lord, I'm one of your sheep. You're my shepherd. You know what I need? You said, I shall not want. Lord, I really want a cracker. <laughs> but I went, and, went into a waiting room, into one I hadn't even been in before. But I was just close by there and I just went in and flopped down in a chair and just sat there and I, and I was just breathing the prayer. Lord, I need, I, I, I trust you. I know you're in control, and uh, I'm just going to sit here and rest. Uh, with my hand to God, I hadn't even finished the prayer till a 50-something-year-old woman came up to me. She said, would you like to have a cup of coffee? I said, more than you can imagine, lady. I'd love to have a cup. She said, you just sit right there, and I'll be right back. She went and brought me the, the most delicious cup of coffee I'd ever had in my life. I mean, I, I was thirsty, I guess, didn't realize it, and it was so good. And, and as I was drink, gulping it down, she said, uh, are you hungry? And then I told her my cracker story. She said, you just sit right there and I'll be right back. And she, this with my hand to God. She came back and she had a basket full of snacks and crackers, ghee dunks, whatever you call them. She had a basket full of them. She said, just take all you want. And I said, Lord, you're good, ain't you? <laughs> 
<laughs> I got 50 cents and quarters, but it cost me two bucks, but I got a basket full of... <laughs> now, at that moment, I kind of came to my senses, and I looked at her, and I said, are you an angel? I'm serious. I was bold. I said, are you an angel? She said, you know, people call me that. That's her word. She said, I, I get called that. Now, I don't, she didn't disappear. She didn't sprout wings. She didn't fly off or anything. But I don't know what she was, but boy, she acted like an angel to me. So be careful doing hospitality things because they may be around us. Just, just do that. We don't need that motivation. I guess, I guess we do, but that doesn't help us. We need to be hospitable. Love people in practical ways and watch out for angels. That's the first two things I want to talk to you about today. And the next thing is learning. I've learned, I'm learning to love on level ground, on, on even ground. Now, let me tell you what I mean by reading verse 3. Will you join me there in Hebrews 13, verse 3? Continue, what does that mean? Keep on. Don't stop. Just keep on. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were in prison with them, as well as those who are mistreated, since they also are only mortal. Okay, so... Love people, but don't love them from a high position to a low position. Oh, look how good I am. I'm going to reach down and bless you, poor thing. It's you love them on even ground. Like you were in prison, with them. Or you're being mistreated with them. See, sometimes we get such a blessing out of helping others and giving others, but our, our humility is upside down. We, we think, well, I'm just perfect. I'm so good. Nothing like that's ever happened to me because I've been good all my life. I want to tell you some bad things happen to good people too. And um, sometimes it, when we're ministering to someone, we want to come to them and lower ourselves and reach down to them. But they just want, they don't want to hand up. They want to hand out. I mean, they want love. They don't want to be ministered to on an, on an ego basis. They want us to love them as they are, not judge them. And we're really bad about judging people as you're good and I'm, I'm good and you're not. And I'm going to help you to show you how wonderful my God is or whatever. I'm going to love you. I'm going to reach down to you. Well, that's not what Hebrews says. We're to love people and keep ego out of the game. Um, listen, folks, if you are too good to help somebody and or you must help them with judgment, 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 judgmentalism, uh, you're working at this thing from ego and God cannot, you're not filled with the Holy Spirit if you're reacting out of ego and pride. Uh, A Holy Spirit-filled person will act without judgment, with love, no matter what the situation, whether they love them or whether they like them, they'll they'll love, they'll work on an equal basis. You see, the problem with judging people is that we don't know, we don't know how to judge right. Um, because if we, we look at people, we say, boy, that look, person looks great. They sing good, they look good, they, they dress good, they, you know, they're, they're good, they, they look good. But be careful. We're not to judge people by their looks. Amen? See, one example that I'll give you, and you know where I'm, as soon as I start, you'll know where I'm going. David was, uh, Samuel went to Jesse's house. Jesse, Old Testament guy 
went to Jesse's house to pick out a king. God told him to go to Jesse's house and he'd pick out a king for Israel to replace Saul. So Samuel went to Jesse's house and Jesse paraded his sons because one of them was going to be king. So Jesse paraded his sons before Samuel. Big, tall, curly-headed, long hair, big shoulders, good-looking boys, all of them. They walked by. Samuel said, no, not him. Nope, not him. No. And they went through all of Jesse's boys. And he said, you got any more? He said, yeah, the, 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 the runt of the litter is out in the field. The, the little kid, the, he's out in the field watching the sheep. Go get him. They brought him in. And as soon as he walked in, Samuel said, that's the king right there. That's the one God has anointed. And the question then was asked, what's going on here? And, and what came out was, God looks at the heart, not the outward appearance. God does not look at the outward. He sees your inside. He knows what's inside you. And so that's so much more important that we look at people's heart, not what they look like. Because some folks won't look as good as others, but down inside, the goodness is there. <laughs> yeah. So when somebody has, has a fallen in sin, remember that you too are a sinner capable of forgiveness. And you're capable of a horrible sin too. So when people have failed around you, don't judge them, love them. We wouldn't have much problem in Christianity today if people stopped judging and start loving. The world wouldn't hate us as bad as Christians if we'd stop judging and start loving. You could say amen to that if you, unless, you're, unless you're too... If I got on your toes too much. Love without judgment. One day Conrad, the cobbler, you know the story, was in his shop, his cobbler shop in medieval Europe. And um, the Lord told him, I'm going to come by and visit your shop today. So Conrad got in and began to work. He made some shoes for Jesus. He got some food for Jesus. He built a good fire in there so it'd be warm for Jesus. And and he waited all day for Christ, for Jesus to come and visit his, car, his cobbler shop, his shoe shop. Well, then came a little boy, and he was hungry, and, and uh, so he fed, gave him Jesus' food. And then later in the day, a woman came. She was tired and hungry, and, and Jesus brought her in, warmed her up. By the, uh, Conrad brought her in, warmed her up by the fire. Later in the day, a man came. He didn't have any shoes. His shoes were worn out. So Conrad gave him the shoes. Then late in the evening, you know where this is going. Conrad felt so discouraged. Jesus said he was coming and now it's closing time. No, Jesus, he hadn't come here at all. And then he heard the voice inside said, oh yeah, I've been here three times today. And every time you ministered to me, every time you loved me, I was the little boy. I was the, the lady that was cold. I was the old man that didn't have, the shoes were worn out. That was me. And then I want to read you, it says in Matthew 25, the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these my brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me. You are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes. You did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, 
Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. So take the negatives out of that, turn it around, and we can simply say, if you want to give Jesus something, give it to somebody that needs it. And you're giving it directly to him. This at Christmas time is, is our intent. That's our heart. That's what we want to do. We should do it all the year round, but especially we need to look out and find people and love them in practical ways. Love, be an angel for them and love them in practical ways. So practical love, level love, and awareness of angelic possibility are something that will help you build an unshakable life because it's all based on faith. Don't be surprised at the shaking. It's good. You're going to be shaken. You're going to be shaken. It's part of the human condition. I was uh, talking to a young man once, and he seemed uh, he was un- unburdening himself in my office, and <clears throat> he was telling me all that had happened to him, and he was surprised by it. It was like it's like he couldn't believe it was happening to him. And the Holy Spirit just spoke to me, and I said, "Guys, listen, this isn't heaven yet." Bad stuff's going to happen here. Bad stuff's going to happen to you here. And I think the Lord spoke to him through that. So don't be surprised. Look for good. Look for it. No matter what your situation, look for good because God's working in it to bring about good all through it and trust him through the whole thing. Now, today I'm going to end this sermon, this part of it, and I'm going to ask you a question. Are you going to stand when you're shaken? How, how will you stand when you're shaken? What will it be like? What will you lean on when you're shaken? Jesus is better. No matter what you choose to lean on, he's better. Uh, medical science won't hold you up. It may help a little bit. It won't hold you up. Not when you're broken. Um, I, I don't want to go on to what won't hold you, but I want to tell you what Jesus, he'll, he'll never let you down. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will not fail. So look for the good in it. If you don't know Christ, this is the day that you can come to him. You can leave your life of sin and come to Christ. He will transfer you from the line of Adam, which is a fallen line, a sinful line that you were born into. And he will put you into the line of the new Adam, whose name is Jesus, the second Adam. And in that line, you get to live forever in the kingdom of God with all of the other brothers and sisters who love the Lord. I want you to come and join Jesus today. That's why the Cowboy Church was started. That's why you're here today. You want to spread that message. Come to Christ. Come to Christ. Would you pray with me as we give these ideas some thought and we pray? Lord Jesus, we love you, and we know that without you, there's nothing good about us. But we know that in you is hope. And in you, Lord, uh, everything this world needs to make it work is there. Uh, We can love, and we can love practically, and we can know there's spiritual guidance and help when we fail, and and all the other things, Lord, that you've taught us from Hebrews. I pray for the lost. Let them come to Christ. In Jesus we pray. Amen. What have we going to sing, Miss Holly? What are we going to sing? What would you decide? The first Noel, I like that. All right, the first Noel, sing along with us, please.
church, your church, your people, your people called out of the darkness into the wonderful light. God, we just thank you for this day and what it means to us, an opportunity to learn and to grow and to hear a wonderful testimony about how you're working and how you're always working, encouraging us and strengthening us and leading us. Thank you, dearest Father, for our pastor and his wife, and we pray for your continual blessings upon them. And Father, we thank you for our church family. It's just so meaningful to us such a blessing to, to know that we have one another. Thank you so much for this time of year that we get to reflect upon our wonderful Savior and the story uh, of his birth and the wonder of your power and how amazing you are. Please go with each and every one of us and let us be mindful that we can keep our eyes peeled for where you're working and just perhaps we may also be blessed with an opportunity to come in contact with one of your angels. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.